Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we are studying the Bible, studying the Word of God. We've been working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 89 and we're looking at John chapter 4 verses 1 through 6. Through chapter 3, John gave us an encounter of Jesus with Nicodemus. Then we had a, a little bit of encounter with John the Baptist then John ended chapter 3 with a, an interlude, uh, given a theological reflection of everything that had taken place. Now let's pick up chapter 4 and let's read verses 1 through 6. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. Well, this is setting up the encounter of Jesus with the woman at the well. And so John's giving some background about things. He says in in verse 1 that Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was making more disciples than John the Baptist. Why is this anything of note? Well, remember earlier, the religious leaders in Jerusalem sent a delegation to interview John the Baptist to go find out, investigate what was going on with John the Baptist. There's a something going on of a religious nature, so the religious leaders want to find out what's going on. And John the Baptist points to Jesus as the one people should really be following. Well, now the Pharisees have heard that Jesus is attracting a bigger crowd and having more followers than John the Baptist was. So if they were interested in John the Baptist, they're certainly going to be interested in Jesus. And Jesus, at this point in his ministry, doesn't want any official interest. So that's why he says it's time to move on. John notes that Jesus himself was not doing any of the baptizing, but his disciples were. And we mentioned earlier that uh, we don't know much about the baptism that was taking place under Jesus' supervision. Was it the same thing that John the Baptist was doing, or was it something different? I suspect if it was something different, John would have made note of that. But I think he's doing basically what John the Baptist had been doing, calling people to repent of sin and then be baptized as an act of ritual purification to demonstrate their repentance. So because there's some notice from the Pharisees from Jerusalem, in verse 3 it says, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. Verse 4, he had to travel through Samaria. Well, he didn't have to. But he did. Now, the way you get from Judea to Galilee is you have two choices. You can either go a straight line, which goes through Samaria, or you can take the long route, which goes around Samaria. There is some disagreement among historians as to what the normal person did. But it seems that very strict Jewish people would not go through Samaria because they didn't want to deal with Samaritans. They would take the longer route to avoid having to go through Samaria. But your average person who wasn't necessarily that strict didn't really have a problem with traveling through Samaria. 
So the fact John says he had to travel through Samaria, we don't want to make too much of it, but it may be that Jesus made a point of, no, we've got to go through Samaria because what's Jesus' mission here? To bring light into a dark world. And Samaria is a place that needs a lot of light. So travels through Samaria. And this is a significant to this story is the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. Now, it's been a long history. Israel started out as this confederation of the 12 different tribes. And then it was actually King David who actually brought and unified the tribes together as the nation of Israel. When David died, his son Solomon took his place and continued this this unified national aspect of Israel. But when Solomon died, the kingdom split into the southern kingdom of Judah, the northern kingdom of Israel. And things started off bad and generally got worse. There was a lot of friction between the two, culturally, religiously, politically. And then eventually, the northern kingdom was conquered by Assyria under Tiglath-Pileser. And the way the Assyrians dealt with conquered territory was you didn't want the conquered territory to rise up in rebellion. So you did everything you could to destroy their national identity, destroy their even their ethnic identity. So there was a lot of forced migration under the Assyrian conquest. So people that lived in Israel were deported to other areas, and people from other areas were imported into Israel. And so it was a mixing of the people, and that was the way you did your best to destroy their ethnic identity to prevent resurgence and rebellion. So they were really mixed with the surrounding areas, and that that was a big thing to the, the Jewish people to maintain their ethnic purity. So they viewed the the people from Israel, the Samaritans, as they're now called, as this mixed-up ethnically group, mixed ethnicity. And in the mixing, the the religions get mixed too. The religious practices of the Israelites were bad from the get-go because when the kingdom split, the northern kingdom said we are definitely not going to go down to Jerusalem in the southern kingdom to do the uh, required festivals and religious practices. We will set up our own center and do it ourselves. So they were separated from the the get-go. Then when they started mixing in all the pagan religions from around them, it got pretty bad. Then over time, things settled down to where it was primarily worship of the one true God, Yahweh, but they still had some some issues. One thing is they only accepted the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, so they uh, disregarded the, the other books of the Bible. Then after the Jewish exile, that is after Nebuchadnezzar, a king of Babylon, conquered the southern kingdom of Judah, carried off many people into exile, after they came back and started rebuilding the temple, the people of Samaria actually offered to help. We see this in the book of Ezra, where they offered to be a part of the rebuilding of the temple, but they were refused. They were said, no, this is, this is a Jewish thing. We don't need your help. So 
they built their own temple in Samaria at Mount Gerizim, about 400 B.C., and that was the, the center of their worship. Well, there was several skirmishes between the Samaritans and the Jewish people, and in uh, 128 B.C., the Jews actually burned down the Samaritan temple at Mount Gerizim. So there, there's bad feelings. It wasn't universal. It wasn't that every single Jew hated every single Samaritan, but there was there was some rough relationships. So that's why the very strict Jewish people would not travel through Samaria. They would go take a couple extra days and go around Samaria in order to get up to Galilee, where your average run-of-the-mill Jew probably said, eh, we can go through Samaria and, and do just fine. So Jesus decides to travel through Samaria. In verse 5, he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Well, this area actually has a rich history in the Old Testament. In uh, the book of Genesis, Genesis 33, 18 through 20. Now remember, Jacob is the one who's renamed Israel and is the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. So it says, after Jacob came from Padam Aram, he arrived safely at Shechem in the land of Canaan and camped in front of the city. He purchased a section of the field where he had pitched his tent from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of silver. And he set up an altar there and called it God, the God of Israel. So here back in Genesis, Jacob purchases this section of, of land near Shechem. Shechem has a, a lot of history in the Old Testament. In the book of Joshua, at the very end, he was talking about them actually settling in the land now. Uh, Joshua 24:32 says, Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the parcel of land Jacob had purchased from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of silver. It was an inheritance for Joseph's descendants. So this is the area of Shechem, and you have Mount Gerizim is right there, which was the, the place of worship for the Samaritans. And in this uh, town of Sychar, and, and there's some disagreement exactly where Sychar is, but it, it, it's got to be near there. And this is where Jacob's well is. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. Well, there is no modern-day Shechem. Apparently was uh, destroyed, rebuilt as Nablus. And in that region is still exists a place known as Jacob's Well. And it, it seems to be authentic. It probably is a well that dates back to that time. There's nothing in the Bible about Jacob's Well. But this is the land that Jacob bought here in near what was Shechem. And is right adjacent to Mount Gerizim. So as we see later, as Jesus is interacting with the woman at the well, and she brings up Mount Gerizim, they can see it. It's right there. It's not some far-off place. So this is the, the center of the area of worship for the Samaritans. In verse 6, John tells us that Jesus was worn out from his journey and sat down at the well, and it was about noon. John's highlighting the humanity of Jesus. It's been a long journey. Jesus is tired. 
because he is a human. He is a man. And here he is with a very specific purpose to encounter this woman at the well who is the exact opposite of Nicodemus. So we'll talk more about this next time. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue looking at the Gospel of John.